Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever had anything in your life occur where you knew that God had you on this path for you to go ahead and take over and do something in a different way to put your own customized imprint on it, to go ahead and put your own little spin in your unique way of seeing and doing a thing? Have you ever had it where you knew you were up next, but if you were not careful, you looked at who you were coming behind and said, ooh, do I even qualify for that? Like, have you ever looked at something or someone and was like, you know what, I'm going to work my way to go ahead and be the next fill in the blank. Because you know that you have it in you. And with a couple of more years and with a couple of more experiences and maybe with a few more accolades and maybe with a mentor and you could be the mentee and all these other things. If you can align that up and perfectly go ahead and stir up that gumbo, then maybe what will happen is voila, the perfect taste to your come up. I had such an epiphany today. A download, if you will, because I did. I see frustration so differently. Oh, my gosh. For the first time in a very long time, I actually thanked God for being frustrated today. Let me give you a little backdrop. So I am a dreamer. But I don't like to use the word dreamer because to me, it, it can elude to someone whose head is in the clouds, that you never really have a realistic action plan, that you just like to have all the puff, puff cloud ideas, but you ain't really doing nothing to manifest. So I, I kind of don't like the negative connotation to a dreamer. I want to say that I am a goal setter. And I like to set big goals. And I like to set goals that wow me because I'm in this season that I just really want to live a walk on water life which is the acronym to wow and so I started a new career path because I got into a fork in the road with my prior career and I had one or two things it was either you know I can continue to excel and do all the things and be great in the career that I was priorly in or I can go ahead and start what will be technically my third career right I did five years of business then I did five years some six to seven years somewhere else and then I was like ah, eh, you know what when anything loses its zeal for me that means that I've outgrown it and to me it makes no sense just to stay somewhere just because I don't have a just because spirit I'm going to have to connect to it uh it's going to I'm going to have to define my why it's it just it has to be in my wiring as to why I'm doing a thing or we need to do something different. And I'm like my daddy. I'm not afraid to start over. Right. I'm not afraid to go ahead and say, listen, the first world didn't turn out the way that I thought. Let me go ahead and do the edge of sketch move and take Noah and do some stuff differently. Savage what you can salvage what you can and go ahead and start over with what you desire. I'm all about it. My daddy did it. I can do it too, right? He's the creator. I am the creation. You understand? Like, that's how that works. I'm clear on that part. But I, uh, 
went ahead and made the bold choice to, you know what, step out on faith. I dare not read this Bible and try to encourage people to strive and inspire and blase blue and do all that and live a safe life. Burn it. Wrong answer. <laughs> not anywhere on the family feud board. Have a nice day. Right. And so I'm like, okay. And I realized that, uh, the first option that I, or my initiating step into the new career was a part-time job. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Listen, I understand that I'm entry level to this particular career. I understand that I'm part-time to this particular establishment, but y'all not going to be able to talk to me like I'm not a grown woman that's educated, okay? And very experienced. Like, this is how y'all treat people? Because I'm not going to... I want to speak to somebody else's grandbaby because I can't do it with y'all. And so that lasted all of three months. And I'm talking about the struggle. At time was going so slow. It felt like 12 years a slave. Okay. Didn't work out. So I went ahead and um, did what only someone with wisdom would do. Uh, I left immediately. I probably stayed too long. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you uh, because I told you this before. I knew prior to starting that that probably was a terrible idea based on how that company just handled uh, my drug screening. It was just like, you guys really suck at uh, follow-through, communication, eat all the above. And guess what the grand prize was when I was working there? <gasps> terrible communication sucks. I mean, just everything that I experienced in the pre-trailer is what I experienced in the movie. Why did I want to star in it? Who knows? But we'll talk about that at another time. So that was enough to have me question, man, did I make the right choice? Because I essentially feel like I did exactly what Peter did. I left safety of the boat the thing that I knew, the career that I knew, with the people that I've grown with, with the agency that I've been with for however long, to walk on water to something that I've never seen before only because I wanted to see Jesus in a different way. Right? And so when you have those little moments of like, ooh, wait, did I make the wrong turn? Did I did I get off the exit too early? Did I Should I have to? It's always easier to look back and say man Egypt was better right but to me Egypt doesn't even have to be somewhere that you were enslaved to Egypt is just somewhere that you've outgrown you can no longer be a slave once God already told you <laughs> that he has a land for you okay um, you can make get instant real estate Milk and honey. I, I'm talking about acres on acres on acres. Is that thing? Is what I'm trying to say to you. You can no longer go back to being a slave once you've been informed that you are a property owner. There's no possible way that your mind could even allow you to make another brick with no straw, knowing that you could possibly be using the same brick to build a house where God gave you acreage. So a lot of times, I think what we do is we look at Egypt as, you know, the abusive place, the relationship you shouldn't go back to, the um, the house that you outgrew, the family member that you, which is, that's good. That's a part of the E, all the above as well. But it's also the place that how can you comfortably go back when you know 
the future that God has for you? How could you comfortably go back to the thing that is holding you back from what God has for you? How? How could you do it? You, If, if you are close <laughs> to God as you would think you are or that you would like to be, there's no way that you can go back comfortably. There's no way. And so I had to go ahead and face that. I said, okay, um, I'm, I can't go back. I won't go back. I can't go back. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. And so I said, okay, well, let's continue to try this. And so I wanted to just take the dart and hit the bullseye. It's like, all right, so let me hone in on exactly what I want right now. And I literally got exactly what I wanted, but it was an hour and a half drive away. And I was mustering it up like, all right, sometimes you got to, I was in hustle mode. I'm listening to, you know, uh, what was his name? Eric Thomas. And he's a motivational speaker. And he's, how bad do you want it? You got to want it so bad that you, you, you want it more than you want to breathe and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. And I'm sweating listening to him. And all I'm doing is sitting down. I'm like, yes, sir, let's go. And then I had the talk with my family because something felt a little off. No matter how excited that you are about something, please always be wise enough to let somebody else just look in your window and say, um, I think you left something on your stove, okay? Yeah, just give somebody enough access, not to choke your excitement, but to maybe define and help you clarify what you're excited about. And so I went to my kids and my husband. I'm like, you can't tell me nothing about God. And so I told them where it was. And they were like, oh. Now, my husband took the, whew, tried to be as neutral as he could space because he understood how uh, tenacious his wife is. So he's like, babe, if you feel like that's what you need to make your career move, you know, I just we'll be all right. You know, just take this time to do what you feel you need. And you says, I want to have one way. Oh, okay. Um, I, I mean, I support you if that's what you want. You know, listen, that baby, that grandbaby was being the husband MVP that he only know how to be. Okay. Have a nice day. My son was like, uh, this sounds like a no brainer. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, um, you're not going to want to drive that every day. It's going to be dark in the winter. You're going to be missing all the sunlight in the summer. Who wants to get up mad early to be? And the way that he broke that down ever so teenage, like, I was like, yeah, bro, count me out. And I was like, but the pay, he was like, but you're going to be putting all that pay that you're talking about is going to go in your gas, ma'am. It's going to be in the wear and tear. And again, from the mouth of babes, I was like, oh. So I was like, okay, I took another position that had the potential to be something else. I just didn't know what, but I felt led to do that. So I went ahead and did that. And immediately it was clarity on on what I should be focusing on in school, credential-wise, what that should look like. What it, I mean, things just started aligning that did not make sense. And so the only thing that made sense was 
the confirmation that God was behind it. And that is the litmus test to any decision you could ever make. Once you make a decision, you watch how God just aligns some things to just, oh my gosh. And that's the test right there. Sometimes we're waiting for God to align it so we can make the decision when God is truly testing. I want you to make the decision already. Trust that I've already walked you out of it, that I trust that I already walked you into it and distrust that I already aligned you to it. Oh my goodness. We want so bad for the bridge to be made already and secure and all the things before we go ahead and just measly walk over it. And God is like, you don't understand that I will build this bridge however you want it, how uncomfortable you want. As long as I see that you are depending at each step that you take is dependent on me. I'm not going to let you fall. Don't worry about how I build you and connect you to the other side. Just trust that I'm not going to let you fall. I don't care what you see. Trust that I'm not going to let you fall. I don't care what it feels like. Trust that I'm not going to let you fall. I don't care if people fall to your right, to your left, to your... I'm not going to let you fall. And if you truly trust that, walk, leap, make the decision, do it. You don't, I don't care if you're afraid. Do it. When Gideon knew that God was going to use him, he was like, listen, uh... The Bible literally says that when he took down the Asherpoles and all the other things that were against God, that he did it at night because he knew the people would have something to say or even try to kill him if he did it in the daytime. The key, the operative word, he did it. He was afraid, but he still did it. Okay. And so everything starts aligning at this new job. Right. And I'm like, man, this is amazing. I'm like, euphoric. And then after you euphoric and the excitement and the promotion to the career path I really wanted within a couple of months, I'm like, yo, this is bomb. Frustration started settling in. And I was like, I'm getting irritated because I feel like the learning mechanism here is hitting your shin and then discovering, oh, there's a nail there. Okay, so let's put something in place so that when someone else is coming around the corner, they won't hit that nail. And I felt like the learning and the manual and the processes and the creation there was, was on behalf of my pain, my frustration, my irritation. And when I will go and say, well, what was being done before? It, nothing. Flimsy, just kind of happenstance, kind of... Fumble your way through it. Voila, we make it. Okay, let's go ahead and do it again the next day. Okay, I don't want to wash, rinse, repeat that. I don't want to do that. And so after having several conversations and then realizing, listen, I could fast forward through the the emotion and let the frustration be the te teaching mechanism. Instead of getting frustrated like I need to see and blah, 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 I should just be able to say this is what I need for greatness, right? These are the things I was talking to you about before in the other conversations, and I realized it. But today was a different kind of eureka moment. I literally said, God, thank you for this frustrating season although short because I don't plan on being here but thank you because what I would have had the inclination to do is to look at the decade two decades plus that this prior person has that I don't the credentialing that this prior person has 
that I don't. It is kryptonite to look at the person who was currently or priorly sitting in a seat that you desire to sit in, knowing that God aligned you, but you're looking at the fact that you are not that prior person. And what you don't understand is that God wanted to use and continue to use that prior person. He would have never called you there. It makes no sense. And I'm sure it hurt God's heart to the elemental P to take Moses that far to only show him literally the postcard to the island that he was supposed to occupy, that he was supposed to bring the Israelites through. He was supposed to do it, but he didn't have enough in him to go through it. And so I've realized that prior editions of myself would have felt timid, would have felt like, "Mm, how could I possibly, being the newbie that I am, How could I possibly fill the shoes of someone who has done fill in the blank? And for the first time ever, I said, God, thank you for the frustration. Because when I peeled back the layers of the frustration, what I really, really identified was a new level of confidence. That I am clear that you only have me in this space so that I can collect the experience needed on paper. That at this point, the confidence is there. I'm just waiting to be conditioned to go ahead and and walk in my calling. That I'm so excited that you showed me the parts of me that are already strong and you are starting to reveal to me that no one on paper can do what you can do with me spiritually no one can do a miraculous thing the way that you can do it in me no one can come behind me no one that that went before me no one can't do what you called me to do the way that I'm going to be called to do it at this point all I'm doing is racking up experience credentials and just really strengthening the skills the leadership skills and all the other things to walk out this thing in excellence Sometimes if you take a breath and just really take a backseat to some things, you would realize my frustration is literally misplaced confidence that I don't want to look at myself small in, in that particular way. Being frustrated about dating. Why am I single? How come I, what you're really saying is you understand how much of a catch you are. You understand how much of, of an asset that you are. You understand, you looking at other people like, how you got a job making A, B, and C, and I'm over here working. Out. The frustration is you understand your work ethic. You understand the fact that you actually know how to budget. You are looking at the fact that you don't go ahead and just throw it in the bag and waste your money and, and do stuff on, you know, the weekends or what have you. You are starting to recognize things about you that when you look at other people getting the blessings that you're waiting for, you're like, wait a minute, what is going on? And there is a frustration in the fact that you are not yet where you want to be, but what you don't realize is that you're going to be exactly where you need to be. Do you understand that? So I was having that conversation exactly with my husband. And I said, I need it today. I need it today to see that what may have taken someone else a decade plus to get, I didn't need that. I needed to see that newness is not always a bad thing. I needed to see that you can fill the shoes 
and not even fill the shoes because I don't like the way that that sounds because I believe that if, if God is going to elevate you somewhere else, it's a new wardrobe waiting for you. You don't have to fill the shoes of anyone else. I'm sorry, I got an attitude. I rolled my eyes. And so when I was saying that to my husband, he said, he raised his hand. He said, can I interject? I said, yeah. He was like, um, I want you to remember Joshua. Every time that you feel the need to look at or even kind of slip into your prior way of thinking of, but this person has fill in the blank more than me. How can I fill in the blank? Or this person knew, or this person had, or this person. Anything that gives someone else the advantage that you so clearly have, I want you to remember Joshua. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, how scary do you think it could have been for Joshua, knowing that he's never seen a burning bush? I was like, Right, because when God called Moses, the way that he got his attention was the burning bush. He was like, right, Joshua had never seen all the plagues that Moses was able to do. I was like, right. Yet Joshua didn't have the staff that Moses had. Joshua didn't see the Red Sea split and see Pharaoh drown and all those other things. Joshua didn't see, and he continued to tell me what Joshua didn't see. But what he brought home was, but that didn't prevent Joshua from being called. I was like, time out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and um, can we go to Joshua 1 real quick? You know, I read from the NLT version. Can we read? Let's go ahead and read. So one, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Stop. Ooh, Holy Spirit, you're about to make me cry on the phone. Um, please don't ever look at your position in life as if it's lower than someone else's because of title, because of pay, or because of your age. Wherever God has you, you are strategically there because you have a point of view that's going to propel you when you're called. You literally need to sit in your seat with this one phrase. I got next. <laughs> I got next. They said it on the basketball court a couple of times when I was, you know, I'm from New York. So, yeah, so you see whoever's playing, you don't care who's winning, who's losing. All you know is that you got next. That's how I need you to sit in your seat. Whether you an assistant, whether you an intern, whether you've been in that position that was entry level for however long, whether you just feel like you hitting the ceiling, but you know that it's just one more thing that you got to do in the company, whatever it is, I want you to be clear on the fact that I don't care if I'm an assistant to the deputy of all deputies. I don't care what the higher title is and it's just an assistant next to mine. Just know I got next. <clears throat> you understand? The difference between uh, your position and uh, my position is that not only did God call me to it, but I'm not afraid to do it. Listen, let's just get back to the word. I feel it. Okay. 
Let's go back to one. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said to Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. Three, I promise you what I promised Moses. What, wherever you set your foot, you will, you will be on land I have given you. Four, from the Neve wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north. From the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. Five, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Six, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Seven, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Eight, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Nine, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Ten, Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel. Eleven, go through the camp. And tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Stop. <laughs> God just literally gave Joshua the cheat code. Pretty much rolled, told Buddy his job description. Let him know, listen, the reason why you're getting ready to inherit this seat is because it's a wrap for Moses. I don't know if you heard or you did. Okay, you saw it on the shade room. Cool. Um, it's a wrap for Moses. So you up next. Um, you got a tall task. Okay. Uh, you're going to be the one that goes ahead and leads these people. Uh, but here's your security real quick. The stamp of approval. I pr I'm going to promise you everything I promised Moses. Um, and then check this out. You untouchable, low key. Like can nobody touch this grandbaby? Have a nice day. And um, I'm going to tell you to be strong and courageous three times. And I'm going to tell you also what the key to your prosperity and your success will be. And then um, I'm going to tell you don't be afraid because I'm with you wherever you go and the very first time that we hear Joshua say anything he just stepped immediately into his calling and started doing what he was called to do but he didn't say um can I ask you something did uh, what should I wear like, should I keep this on or like, like, how should I pack this? Cause I don't really, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm low key an introvert. Um, I don't really want to be doing all the, like it wasn't anything. And what I remember from Moses is when God was telling him to do some stuff, he was like, okay, so who do I tell, um, <clears throat> who do I tell sent me, uh, when I go down there to them Farrell and the boys, he was like, tell them that I am. 
<laughs> tell them that I am that I am sent you. Okay, listen, take off your sandals because you stand on the holy ground because you're getting on my nerves. Okay, listen, throw your staff. Okay, now pick it back up. Like he had to play hokey pokey with um Moses because the level of you sure you called me, Lord? Like, but then when I go down there, people gonna remember that I I had uh killed that boy that one time and buried him in the sand. There was so much doubt in that, and literally God was like, bro, I'm showing you like real life things. I'm making snakes turn from staffs. I'm 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 showing you bushes that are burning, but they not in they're in flames, but they're literally not even burning. Like I'm showing you real life, like I'm with you, and even in showing you the practical and the tangible, you still don't believe and. All God did was just talk to, to Joseph, to just let him know, I'm sorry, Joshua, to just let him know what it is that he was going to be doing, what it is that he can go ahead and look forward to, and what it else he was called to do. And Joshua was like, cool, uh, uh, y'all boys come here, I'm holding a meeting. Yeah, real quick, go ahead and tell them boys that they need to go ahead and get their provisions. Yeah, their provisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, y'all got, y'all got uh, manna? leftover i'm hungry okay cool all right so we can go like are you kidding me that what that just showed me is that age doesn't have yo age has nothing to do with how much heart you have age experience who you around what you've done because i can imagine Joshua looking at Moses like, bro, I'm going to be the one to take over, OG. No one else has led these Israelites but Moses. And they didn't listen to him. And he was A1 from day one. He's the one that took them out of Egypt all the way over here. And they ain't listen to him. And you want me, regular follower, who was doing the regular schmegler, to then come, come over here and start, okay, y'all need to listen to me now. Like, God, real quick, everything that you told um, me, can you tell them so they can know for sure that is you? None of that was even discussed. None of that was discussed. The beauty of Joshua 1 is that God literally outlined the same thing that he does for us. When you see that someone is not in their position anymore, or you see that God is starting to stir you up, for your next come up, I literally need you to double down to, okay, this is no time to be small-minded. This is no time to be small-minded. This is no time to be fearful. This is no time to be calculated. I don't need logic. I don't need all the ducks in a row. I don't need all the finances. I can't say, but wait, I don't have that degree yet. I can't say, but wait, I, w I thought I was going to meet somebody at this age. I can't say, wait, I thought I was going to be a parent around this age. I can't say, I'm not going to put any other prerequisite in front of the thing that God called me to do. Because if God called me to do it and all the other people in the world, are available he called me to do it that's because I'm the only person that's going to answer and complete it the way that he knows it should be done anybody can do it but who's going to do it the way that it should be done bruh I want you to start walking differently in life
I want you to start showing up to the things that God called you to like I got next. I don't care how long that person may have retired or they, you know, they had a good uh, relation and rapport with other people. I don't even care if other people start to say, well, well, when such and such was in that seat, they used to listen. I know what everybody used to do, but nobody's going to do it the way that you do. Be very clear, humble, but clear. On the fact that no one has your particular imprint, literally, physically and literally, figuratively, all the leaves. There is something about the way that you're wired that God looked at a problem. God looked at a position. God looked at a person and was like, you would be perfect. Why? Not because of you in itself but because of the character and the wiring and the passion and the way that you're going to take over that thing and take it to new heights. I know that people don't like newness. I know that you don't even like to go ahead and do something new. You want to stay safe and you want to, I don't want to ruffle no feathers. I don't want all that responsibility. I don't want to, you want so bad to play small and you don't even realize you've outgrown that square footage. So what are you going to do? Double down and be hunchback your whole life in the spirit? Because you you trying to blend in with a crowd of five footers when God made you seven three in the spirit, like at at this point we might as well just go ahead and, and learn a few things from Joshua. And there's nothing, that, you know what the problem is, and I, we have more than Joshua could have ever had. We got Jesus on our side. We got the Holy Spirit. We got a relationship directly with the Father. We got the angels encamping us. God sends people our way to confirm and direct and, you know, do all the things that just. And all Joshua had was a a little bit of a disclaimer with the Earl Jones voice in my head. With God saying, listen, this is what's getting ready to happen. I'm going to give you boom, 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 boom. He gave him a quick 15-minute training, a.k.a. a couple of uh, verses in the first chapter. And was like, oh, and by the way, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And Joshua was like, all right, uh, bro, let's, let's go ahead and start getting some of these um, provisions, shall we? Really? As far as I'm concerned, Joshua is one of the most bravest people I've ever met ever read ever anything because how did you step into that seat so efficiently with ease but there was so much to doubt you could have doubted yourself you could have doubted that the people want to listen to you you could have doubted your age you could have doubted that what if you really didn't hear God like who told you that God called you God did how you know you heard God there was so much to doubt but he did one of the main things that a lot of people skip out on won't you just walk and see if it was true won't you just do apply and see if it was true I guarantee you, if you try to go ahead and tell some people, all right, let's get some provisions and you wasn't called, nobody's provisioning nothing, sir. <laughs> okay. The meeting you called, it's a grand total of zero zings and got no higher in attendance. Okay. I'm going to need you to know. Hmm. You told who to what? And nobody, Joshua, sit down. You should change your diapers. Boy, please. <laughs> you understand? The respect will be zero, sir. Okay. But the litmus test of that is what I heard is that there is a respect for your seed. They don't got to like you. 
They don't have to want to have lunch with you. It ain't a whole bunch that, you know, you don't need a whole bunch of hand claps of praise and balloons and confetti and all that. But what's clear is that your anointing demands respect. Because Joshua didn't have to tell people, hey, listen, how you doing? I haven't met you. I'm Joshua. Um, I just wanted to say real quick, I just had a conversation with God, right? He said that I'm supposed to be leading y'all, right? Um, Land and milk and honey. Yeah, the land and milk and honey. And so he didn't have to explain nothing. Joshua just very much started his leadership in the level of assertion. Verse 10 in Joshua 1 says, then Joshua commanded the officers of Israel. Oh, it took you no time to go ahead and set in that seat. 11. Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will cross the Jordan River and take the possession of the land the Lord your God has given you. Let me explain something to you. Come on, Joshua. That's another thing about being anointed. That's another thing about being confident. It takes you no time to go get what God told you to get. It took Moses how long to even try to get to the brim of it? Joshua's like, look, real quick, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> Joshua's my kind of dude. He got a plan and a, and a strategic plan at that. Let's go ahead and put the strategy to place. This is what we're getting ready to do. Tell everybody to clean up. Okay, great. Um, then what we're going to go ahead in three days. I'm going to give you all a time frame because I'm putting de deadlines in, and I'm delegating what your task is okay great because that's what a great leader does and um yeah we're gonna go ahead and possess this land we're not waiting an iota minute y'all wasted all the time that you could possibly ever waste under Moses you're not doing it with me oh there's something when there's a fresh anointing of leadership in the house time is not wasted people know their places there is just order and decency and it's almost like God put that person there isn't it? <sighs> Let me explain something to you. Uh, the confidence in knowing that you got next, your anointing will speak for itself. You don't have to give no introductions. You don't have to explain to people why you're doing what you're doing. The anointing will explain itself. My challenge to you, I double dare you in every area of your life. You walk like you know I got next. And let that mean to you what that needs to mean to you. Whether it's you sitting in that current seat, knowing that you're really supposed to be in that other seat, but you just waiting for an opportunity for God to present it to you. Whether you've been waiting for something for so long and it seems like uh, is marriage just something I'm going to have to put in the back burner? Is that degree something I'm going to have to put in the back burner? It's just you got this desire of your heart that you want to manifest so bad, but you looking out into the world. You're like, I don't see how that's going to be manifested. But you just like, you know what? <laughs> I got next. So whenever the opportunity presents itself, I'm already prepared. Whatever your I got next means. Make sure that you are purposely walking in your purpose, that you are purposely preparing for having next. Mm. Listen, I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who your favorite home girl? Yes.
<sighs> yeah, that was a good one. I ain't gonna hold you. I, mm, I think I'm gonna muddle over that a little bit more because it's it, it's some more there. <laughs> Cause I got next, <laughs> but I'm gonna let you let me go. Okay. All right. Later.